Hello, hello, welcome to Who Need Ya. Here are your two lovely hosts, Tammy Dowlin and Anjara Linera, and we are so happy to have you joining us in our very first episode of this spooky Halloween podcast show. All right, Anjara, so what are we really talking about? Well, we're talking about the other side, right? Not the dark side, but the light side. And we're just going to talk about the dark side from time to time, but mostly the lighter side <laughs> of spirituality. So we're just going to put some fun in the lightheartedness side of spirituality, right? So um, from time to time, though, um, we are going to touch on topics as well, other topics such as healing, soul healing, self-care, self-love, rituals, spirit guides, ghosts, etc. Um, and Hedda, if there's anything there I missed, I'm, sh there's, I'm sure there's tons of things that we're going to be talking about uh, through each podcast. And uh, so if I missed anything, put her in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to be talking about almost everything in in uh, the experience of life and our own experiences. Exactly. Yeah. So just so you know, guys, we are not gurus or old wise women who sit in teepees and smoke in the wacky backy. If you know what I mean, we're just two normal women who happen to find who happen to find each other on Facebook and became really good friends. Actually, I consider Anne Hedham my very very best friend and we also share an amazing common gift um, we can talk to the dead and connect to spirit woohoo go figure <laughs> and whenever we have like a crazy or interesting experience we always have to tell each other so we figured you know what why not share our crazy experiences with all of you guys through a podcast so here we are ta-da <laughs> so uh, now I know, I know I mentioned, just mentioned, <coughs> we won't be talking about the dark side much, but this is our very first podcast and it happens to be on Halloween. And we are here for all of you who have nothing else better to do on Halloween night. <laughs> and well, yeah, because most of us are too old for trick-or-treating, so perfect time to have this podcast and we're not going to traumatize you in any way but no guarantee so we hold no responsibility for your dreams tonight or your ability not to stay home uh, alone from this podcast so you are entirely responsible for your own well-being and spiritual well-being <laughs> so yeah it's halloween and in this time of the year so we all know it's when the veil between these two realms of life and death gets thinner and that's when we have a much better connection to speak to the other side. Yes. So I don't know, Tammy, if you know how old Halloween really is. I would say old as the hills, but... <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the historian, so I'm going to say pretty old, um, but I'll let you share that information because I know you know more about it than I do, but I'm going to say really old, but I could be wrong. It is. Yeah. It is. It's really old and most people don't know how old it really is and because it's been here for many, many years mm. and I'm going to take you tonight to that first 
Halloween night Ooh. many, many years ago. Awful. So get ready, get comfy, <laughs> and cuddle with your favorite ghost because <laughs> we are going to do a bit of time travel and go back in time. So close your eyes and we are going to go for a walk to the very origins of this celebration. Cool. I'm ready. Let's go. Take a deep breath because we are now in the forest of old ancient Europe. We can see a girl running through the forest and the bright colors of her cloak made her look like lightning crossing the forest. She's stepping on the fallen leaves and jumping the branches like a deer escaping from the arrows. Arriving to town, she can see her mother by the door. As soon as she arrives, she feels a cold breeze that makes her shiver. Her cloak has fallen down to her waist, so she's pulling it back up and adjusting it tight to her neck, closing the brooch carefully to make sure it won't fall down again. She already is at home. She arrived, but she's sweaty, tired, and she's covered in thorns. But a feeling of excitement is rising up to her stomach. The house is decorated with juniper and she can smell and we can all smell the smoke from the bonfires. Her hands are soaked with the fussy smell of the turnips she carved. Her mother carefully puts it's carefully putting some burning coals inside the carved turnips. The lanterns are ready. And ahead of us, we have three days of festivities that are about to start. Three days of fire and sacrifices. Three days of celebration and precaution, because when the darkness comes down and takes over the world, it's bringing all the spirits back and they will haunt the land. Humans will drink meat and eat and give offerings to the gods. But dressed as animals, they could also be able to avoid being kidnapped by the fairies. Our girl makes sure she gets all the sweets and foods ready for the moment when the druid is coming to knock at the door to get the offerings that must be given to the spirits. Now she takes a deep breath and she holds the hand of her mother. Her mother looks so beautiful with a torque in her neck that reflects the light of the fire. They are both waiting for her father to arrive, so they will all gather with the others in the village. Because tonight, the veil is gone and the spirits will come. The fire and the offerings will guide the spirits back to the land of the sun, so they can go back to the light. Because tonight is sowing, the end of the summer, the beginning of the new year and the first day of darkness. So we just came from going for a walk on the very Asian Celtic culture. That is so cool. I don't know if some, if you realize of this, some of those um, rituals are alive today. So we are talking about an era before the Roman invasion of Europe. So this is how old it is. <laughs> that is old. That is like, yeah, that's old. So definitely old the hills almost. <laughs> so yeah, definitely old. Wow. And um, 
that is a, an, what sparked out for me was the turnips. I remember my mom talking about when she was small, how she carved turnips instead of pumpkins. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that just sounds like hard work. <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but that's what they did. <laughs> that's what they did. And uh, so, yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool too. And nobody does that anymore. Like I've never seen or heard, not in my day anyway. Mm. And uh, I'm not that young anymore. So it's, it's definitely something you don't hear about. Did you ever do, did your family, did, did you guys ever do the turnip thing or is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. Not me, mm -hmm. but my, my grandparents did carve the turnips and especially my grandmother from the, my father's side. Mm -hmm. She used to carve them and really put a candle inside of them. Oh, and wow. the, the idea that um, the, the turnips were made to not being kidnapped by the fairies, so turn into uh, tricking the fairies so they don't steal your soul. So they did believe till today that some fairies will come. They, they are like dark fairies. They are not the fairies that are happy and go lucky, <laughs> but they are the, the ones that do um, take your soul away with them. So <laughs> you don't want that to happen, right? So No, no. And I've never heard of the evil or dark fairies i've only heard of the good fairies <laughs> but uh but i have heard in ireland they're very um back in the i can't say for sure but um in ireland i know you they don't like you to upset the fairies like hmm. they they you know don't get them angry don't get them upset um so it's and here it's in Scotland where I am right now is the fairies are so vitally important in the history and the traditions and the cultures here but I do know in Ireland they 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 take care of their fairies <laughs> here too and they still believe in that till very recently but my parents their generation stopped practicing this but in my generation we uh, came th this uh, tradition came back alive. So I'm uh, from the northwest of Spain, mm -hmm. and in that area, not many people know this, but in the, uh, that area, the Celtic culture is pretty much still alive, <laughs> and we do or we do still use Celtic symbols in the door. And in, in my house, there we do have a Celtic symbol in the door to prevent the dark energy from coming in. Oh, wow. And we did use, um, we didn't use juniper as much, mm -hmm. but we did use some herbs and trees to decorate the, the windows. And we did use the, the turnips and also the cabbages. Oh, cabbages. Okay. Interesting. So we still had that, that tradition pretty much alive. And I know some areas they used to make little rosaries with chestnuts mm -hmm. and eat it on this night. Really? That is so cool. See, um, I'm so f far gone when it comes to um, the history and Halloween stuff. Like I grew up in the Western culture and it was just your dress up, go trick or treating. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> it wasn't till I got older and got more, um, I guess, encompassed in other cultures. So when I moved the, the island of Newfoundland and moved to the to the uh, west coast of Canada where it's more culture, culturally, uh, more cultural 
Mm. What's the word I'm trying to say? There's more more vast or variety of people from different places around the world. Mm. That's when I really started um, to get to know people and get to know their traditions and and the reasons why they celebrate or don't celebrate Halloween. And that's when I started learning. But as a young girl growing up, nothing, nothing. And the only thing I got close to really in regards to any evil spirits or protecting your house or anything like that was from my grandmother and she was so superstitious oh my gosh so superstitious she'd always throw the salt over her shoulder (laughs) um never allowed to do certain things in the house like if you walked in one door you had to leave in the same door or it would bring bad luck upon the house um if any insects came in the house she would pick them up and put them back outside uh, because (laughs) that was good luck you know (laughs) so she was she was she always wanted good luck in or around the house and the people that were in her home that was her like good luck bottle I guess you could say so she had and even where the placement of the fork or like everything had to be in order or if if it and if it wasn't it was a bad omen so Mm. that was the only thing that I grew up with in regards of Anything that, you know, you call evil spirits or evil or bad or whatnot. Um, and that just, and that wasn't even Halloween. That was my whole life. But on Halloween mm-hmm. night, it was just your your typical Western society of dress up and go get candy and come home and eat it. <laughs> that's <laughs> literally it. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, of course. It's just that's what how I grew up until I got older and started asking questions and got curious and met other people and started to learn their ways which is pretty cool because um it's nice to learn about other cultures and traditions because like i know for example like the mexican oh my Mm -hmm. gosh i love how they celebrate the day of the dead and which is i believe november 1st um yeah it's november 2nd it's november 2nd Um, okay yeah because the the in the um in the Christian tradition, mm-hmm. and that's my experience also with Halloween. So mm-hmm. to me, growing up, there was no Halloween. Right. Uh, for my grandparents, they did celebrate Samain, which is how we call it uh, in the Northwest. Right. Uh, in English, is sewing. I think I'm pronouncing it okay. <laughs> yeah, there is Samain. Samain. And they, it was pretty much alive till today and today we are recovering all those traditions and gathering information from these elder people who experienced that in childhood but then my generation and my parents we what we lived was the christian tradition Mm -hmm. but it was also pretty tied up with the ghost and the lost spirits because they have two um different celebrations so right it's november 1st it's called Dia de Todos los Santos, which means the Day of All Saints. Oh, okay. And that's when you go to uh, to church and you have a celebration there, the liturgy. And then the next day on November 2nd, that's when everybody prays for the lost souls, which is the ones lost in the purgatory because they haven't expired their sins and they can be lost. So you do a celebration to help them go back to God and back to the light. Right. 
and that was my day of Halloween. So that was your Halloween. Oh, wow. Totally different from mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much uh, go. You, you had to buy new clothes to go to church. And then you go to the cemetery to have this um, celebration there. Like right. Where I grew up, we, we did the, the, um, the rituals, the Christian rituals at the cemetery. Right. So we had the priest there and all the town was there, gathered there. And, but what was really fun to me that I remember it being very fun was the, the days prior to this celebration, mm -hmm. which were when we, I went with my aunts to the cemetery to clean the graves of my grandparents and right. all our ancestors. So we cleaned all the graves so it all looked beautiful. We Aww. put their um, flowers that we grew on our own yards. Nice. And I remember women, all women, like exchanging their flowers so they have the most beautiful ones <laughs> for their disease. So this, even though the Christian tradition tried to hide all the pagan celebrities, this pagan spirit was still there because people still had this connection of mm, this time of the year, I do feel that someone is crossing to this side. From, right and visiting us and there was this also the the um the having loads of food right and using them as an offering for mm -hmm. those who have deceased was also still done even oh. though in the christian tradition because i remember doing a lot of sweets and extra sweets and having this feast after you came out of church or well the cemetery and right. you go eat just gather with your family and eat and everybody remembered their deceased people so that's actually that was that's really really nice i'm i brought i was brought up christian but we didn't do anything like that i i think i would have really enjoyed growing up that way and and celebrating that way um because like now um in my life now i'm i I have a, I guess, kind of similar, but it's not like it's not Halloweenish, but it's like every day, like I have a, a table here with people who I who I love and who have who have lo my gosh, I'm tongue tied. Alfonso, <laughs> edit this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what I have in my home is I have pictures of loved ones who have crossed over, and I light a candle every morning and say good morning to them. So that's kind of my ritual now that I do. Um, but it, listening to you and, and hearing what you've done as a child growing up, that sounds so amazing. So I guess I'm kind of doing it in my own special way here in my home. And I, you know, I, I don't have to wait for a, s a special occasion to do it. I, I do it every day because I guess Every day is Halloween, if you want to call it that. Uh, <laughs> especially for me, every day is Halloween, if you want to say, yeah, because there's ghosts and spirit everywhere. So it's it's. Um, but at least I'm not uh, I'm not running for the hills, <laughs> running away. <laughs> and especially if you're if you're a medium or you have the ability to see them, mm -hmm. because even though we know everybody can do that, yes. But certain people because of past lifetimes where we have been trained in this mm -hmm. and trained again in this lifetime even though you may have that ability you're born with it mm -hmm. but it's like the veil is never 
really there because we can always have contact with those who have crossed over. Exactly, exactly. And I don't know about um, about you, Anhera, but for me, it's more of a feeling and a knowing. And it's um, it's like I don't I don't see visually like I'm looking at you, but I can I can see it in my mind's eye. So I can see colors, I can see messages, I can see that way. And especially feeling, oh my goodness, I can feel a loved one touching me, putting their hand on my back or holding my hand. So for me, um, the sensation of feeling is much, much stronger than seeing something plain as day in front of my face. Um, so I don't think I'd want to see Anheta. <laughs> I don't Oh, I... Now I can't see them as good as I used to. But mm. when I was a child, it was really easy for me to see them. Really? And it was very scary for my family when I started speaking about the guy I was seeing at home and who was uh, showing me things or explaining things to me. <laughs> and they could hear me talking to somebody and say, well, who are you talking about? And I started describing this tall guy with curly hair, oh, dark gosh. hair. And... I saw my two aunts suddenly turn white <laughs> and said, that's, that, that's our uncle. And they talked to each other and it was my grandfather's brother who died really young. So oh there was goodness. no way I could have met him. No. And no one no one at home mentioned him ever. I don't remember people talking about him. No. But I could see him around. Right, right. And wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how I would react. Like I do, I do catch things in the corner. I, I think the most that's ever happened to me is like, I have fog going through my house, clouds of mm, white whoa. fog, things like that happen. And I just look at it and say, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, just watch it move or, or like, like camera flashes will happen mm. around as well. Those things are pretty interesting as well. Um, but I think it's the feeling, the emotions that's also attached to the feeling as well. It's it's really high, really intense um, for me. So uh, again, all lovely and, and I'm blessed to have such, such uh, a gift to have. Whereas when I was a little girl, I didn't know what any of that meant. And it scared me completely. Like I thought I was haunted. Like I was wow. always scared. I was I was afraid to be alone. And it wasn't until like my late teens that I actually got over that fear. So I ha I carried that for a really long time. And again, it wasn't until like say late t late twenties, and that's when I kind of started putting two and two together, and researching and reading books and saying, okay, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and then com communicating with my guide. So. Um, yeah, so it, it's a, all a slow process, but um, over the course of my lifetime, but I can see how people can be scared, definitely, of ghosts or spirit who, who is around or totally understand. My scary story, well, um, I never really had any encounters with um, ghosts per se. Um, most of my life, well, other than being young and thinking that I was being traumatized by ghosts, but it really wasn't. It was my spirit guide after I, I learned over the years. But uh, but um, 
when I when I got a mentor and started um, really developing my my spiritual development, that's when um, I started experiencing the scary stuff. And it's what's so funny is my very first experience with a negative entity was um, at my girlfriend's house who was uh, being tormented by a demon. <laughs> now you now you say that word, people be like, oh my God, and they probably, you know, want to run for the hills. But for me, it wasn't really that scary. And um, I mean, my girlfriend was so traumatized by the whole experience. But I mean, for me, I went to her house, I got it, I got in the closet and I shut the door and I'm in this pitch black and I'm talking to this demon and telling it to go away. And and she's on the other side of the door saying, are you okay, Tammy, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no problems, all good in here. And it just felt so at ease. And, um, and uh, but the my real, real scary, I guess, uh, ghost story would be my second encounter. My first encounter, I didn't really feel much. I just saw and sensed I didn't have any fear around it. But my second ghost experience, I guess you could say, is when um, when I had to talk to a negative spirit guide. And that was a whole different experience altogether. And how I can explain it is, I had to help this family who who their child was having severe behavior issues and not normal behavior issues. And they were having, they knew that there was something in the house. They could feel it. And that's the, that's the key thing here is feel. So uh, another psychic had contacted me. She knew some of my work and said, you know, I know you helped this person. Uh, do you think you could help this family? So after getting some information, um, I, I went into meditation so I can talk to uh, this child's spirit guide. Now we all have spirit guides. We have, we can have up to five. But I wanted to find out from his guide what was going on. And when I connected, I only have a few questions, and I, I'll know right, right from those two questions, if this uh, spirit guide is, you know, for the good, or for what you call evil, or you know, for the highest good of this child. And so I'm sitting in meditation. I'm opening myself up. And I asked for this child spirit guide to come forward. Well, it was just like this most eerie, scary energy force. And I could feel it coming right into my house, right into my space, and right up into my face. Like this energy, this strong, strong negative. It was like I had really pissed him off by asking him to come <laughs> and speak with me. And it gave me such a startle that I literally like almost like skipped a heartbeat and kind of jumped a little. But I mean, I, s I still stood in my power and asked two the two questions. And that was enough for me. I didn't need to know anymore. And away it went. And I was quite happy to have it go away. <laughs> um, so that scared me more than interacting with the demon to tell it to go you know where. So two totally two different experiences, but it was the 
feel the feeling of the energy, what really terrified me. And I really don't want to experience that again. I really don't. But I did again another time around when I had a wonderful wandering what I call Jew of a ghost in the neighborhood. And uh, I was in meditation like I do every day. I meditate every day. You know, I'm in my in my happy space. I'm quiet. And, and all of a sudden this I, f- I sense this energy coming towards me. So first thing to pop in my mind, oh, this is probably a relative who've crossed over or just somebody like that. And it's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, I don't know this person. And, I, you know, I immediately said, only, uh, I, only entities from love and light may enter my space. And I never even had the words out of my mouth. And it came up to me and touched me. And I knew right away it wasn't. Anybody that I knew, anybody that had crossed over, I knew it wasn't from the light, and I said, get out. And then I'm having this yelling match with this ghost saying, get out, and he's telling me to get out, and I'm telling him to get out, and he's telling me to get out. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, who are you? Just get out. <laughs> so after, after that experience, after that experience, I broke out the salt and the sage and the frankincense and the, you know, everything and just totally cleansed my house and he hasn't been back since. So, but I know he's kind of still around because I hear footprints up in the attic. I hear like balls rolling back and forth up in the attic as if someone's playing up there. He's welcome to stay up there, but he's not welcome to come down in my space. <laughs> <laughs> so those are kind of the three one, three that really stand out. And it's only because they came up to my face. They mm-hmm. came into my own personal space, and I don't like that. Well, I have boundaries, you know. <laughs> so um, I do have a, a scary story that I remember, but it happened many years ago. But it was um, at my friend's place. So uh, my, my friend bought a house, it was an old house, and he had to rebuild it all and make new walls and fix the house a little bit. So um, he moved there, he fixed it all, and then um, once the, the house was finished, I moved there with him. And the thing was that um, something weir- very weird started happening because every night uh, at 3 a.m. the faucets will open by themselves. And they have a cat, so we thought it was the cat playing, like jumping around, opening the faucets. But what was weird always happened at the same time, at 3 a.m. every day. And at the beginning, we didn't uh, really care much about it. But then with time, um, one day uh, this happened, and the house has um, two stories, right? So one day it happened at the same time upstairs in the bathroom and downstairs in the kitchen so the fa- all the faucets open at the same time and at that moment we realize mm, no that cannot be the cat so <laughs> and that's when my friend said well we should really check what is going on so they they had other problems also like a lot of electricity problems everything would break down by themselves having bugs and things but they lived in the country in the countryside so they didn't really give much attention to it until this happened with the with the faucets so um <laughs> we really had to sit down and look at what was going on and what was happening was that uh, there was this ghost of a man who owned that house previously and he died and he really didn't have any spiritual practice or he wasn't 
he didn't have any any knowledge about the spiritual world at all. So when he died, he didn't realize he was dead. And that happens many times. When you cross over and you don't know what is going on, you get too attached to who you were and your ego and the person you were in this lifetime. So this guy had no idea he was dead. And he saw that there was people living at his place fixing his house, changing things around, and he was really, really pissed off at us. And I remember when I started connecting him at the, after a meditation, and so I don't do clearings myself. I do connect with them, listening to them, but uh, the clearings are done through the angels. So I always call some um, higher spirits, and the angels are the ones who do the clearing, right? So we called this guy, and he was really, really angry, yelling at us, saying, why are you here? Who are you? This is my house. I don't want you around. You're bothering me. I don't like having people at my home. So it was really, really hard to convince him what was going on, that he has deceased and that he was no longer here. But because he didn't have any real um, spiritual experience or any spiritual practice, because he didn't believe in the afterlife or God or any spiritual um, side of, of existence, it was really hard to help him understand that he was dead. So that was the big issue. And we, little by little, I realized that I needed to help him um, connect with love because he was all anger. He was really, really angry. So um, I asked him what helped him feel loved in this lifetime. And he said his mom that he missed his mom. So I had this idea of uh, started talking to him about his mom and helping him remember who his mother was. And suddenly he started opening to love and he started connecting with the, his spiritual being. And he kind of, his main mom came and they connected and he could really release <laughs> this world and cross over and be free finally because they do need to... <laughs> to cross over and continue their evolution as, as souls um, not attached to Earth. Because that is very negative Aww. for them. But it was a very, very awful experience. I can imagine. I, I can imagine. I was like, really scared. Yeah, I, I can't even ask. Like my, my, my friend who had the demon up in her, in her house, he was turning on and off her lights, setting off the fire alarms, moving furniture. And I'm just like, dude, no. <laughs> you know? Leave her alone, you know, and, uh, but, you know, and it's, Hall it's Halloween and I'll give you a little backstory for people who are listening. Uh, when she was, a, I mean, she's my age now and we're, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say we're old, you know, we're not, we're not 50 yet, but, you know, we're not too far away. Back in her teens, her late teens, I think it was, she played with a Ouija board. And this is how this wonderful thing um, came through. And um, and it would only come to torment her when um, when she was going through really stressful times, and that is the key, mm. too, because it thrived on her fear, it thrived on her stress, and the, the and what she was going through, and her her um, mother had passed around the same time. There was a lot of turmoil happening, and and this thing was growing more and more and more and more power, um, and. Uh, and it was really traumatizing her. And uh, and we f found out that, 
yeah, this is how it came through. So, listeners, please do not, please, please, please do not play with those bloody things because they are not good. <laughs> you know, they're not good. Uh, I've never put my hands on one, and nor will I ever. But, you know, my, my teacher now that I have actually brought up the Ouija board the other night at group, uh, at my spiritual development group, and he said, you must be experienced if you are going to play because you must be able, you need to know how to open, um, open yourself, open the veil, but you also need to know how to close the veil when you are done. So, you know, you have to know what you're doing if you're going to play with those certain things. And, and you know, it's, it's not your everyday person. You have to be spiritually sound. You have to be knowledgeable, like... Uh, <sighs> And when he, like, I found out that evening from the other girls in the group, the people in the group, they were saying, they sell these things at toy stores. You know, they are so easily accessible. And I was floored. I didn't know that. I actually haven't seen one, nor do I want to see one, other than pictures on the Internet. But um, I don't know. I think let's better, better be safe than sorry. Just don't touch it. Just don't touch it. Um, but there's so many different forms of ghosts, like you know, and Hedda. There's... There's um, ghosts who, like the one you had to deal with, who didn't know how to cross over, was just kind of floating around, just like the one that keeps coming to my house, <laughs> thinking he thinking he can take my house. You know, there's lots of wandering Jew ghosts around. And then you have the real negative ghosts, like um, negative entities, negative guides, negative souls, They're, you know, poltergeists. There's all kinds of um, levels of negative entities. So yeah, uh, th there's um, many different kind of ghosts, and and depends a lot on the what what the process you go through when you transition and you cross over, that you are able to really uh, connect with love and and evolve in a different way. But if you aren't aware what is going on, or if you haven't had any spiritual practice during your lifetime, it doesn't matter which spiritual practice, but you do need one. Um, you can really uh, not be able to cross over and you gather energy from the environment because if you don't gather energy from the environment, so you need to be connected with source. If you aren't connected with source, you lose energy and you need to gather energy from somewhere. And that's when they can manipulate those around them and uh, steal energy from people. And energy also from the environment and the things they have around. That's why they can move things when they are really, really old and they become a poltergeist. Well, because that's yeah, it's, it's true. And, you know, it's the same for if a loved one uh, crosses over and or passes, I should say, um, that doesn't that don't go over very, don't go over right away. They like to linger around the family, make sure they're okay, and then they just stay. They just linger and they drain your energy. They, you know, they don't realize what they're doing. They think they're they're staying around to for comfort and love and support and all that, but they'd be more beneficial if they did cross over and help from that side. And I can use a prime example, and that was my husband's father. He stayed around for almost two years, and m poor Charles was drained completely and not knowing why and I and how you helped us with this one <laughs> you helped Charles with this one and basically Charles had to sit down and tell his dad go cross over I'm good I'm good I'm safe I'm happy and soon as he did that within a week 
it was almost like night and day. His energy was back. He was feeling. And that's when his life actually started to progress. A lot of positive things started happening in his life. It was a huge change. And and when um, uh, uh, Charles had a reading after that, after his father had crossed over, and uh, and his father was like, I didn't realize I could do all these things now that I'm here. Yeah, he was telling Charles, you know, I've, I, I, vis I visited every place that I wanted to go, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. And he didn't realize it. He didn't realize once he took that step, he could do those things. So, you know, um, unfortunately, that can happen as well. And, uh, you know, that's... And, th and as uh, physical human beings... You know, it's important if we feel a lingering kind of energy around us and we have and you've had a loved one who's crossed over, you know, verbally express, you know, thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything you've given me. Um, but please cross over. Please cross over um, and let them know that. And that's not a bad thing at all. You're actually doing them a world of good by saying so. Yeah, that, that's... Um I, I want to share a story related with that. And, uh, well, actually two of them, because that what happened to Charles' father happened to um, my grandmother, like the mother of my father. She stood there for decades. And I remember when I was a child, um, I, was too, I used to be very, very pale, and I was really drained, absolutely drained, because she was gathering energy from uh, the people around her. But what happens is that I was a kid, so it was the one with more... Um, you auntie with more positive um, energy so she was uh, still in that for me and it took us a long long time to really be able to release her I, it was until I was around 18 years old or even more about 2023 when I could really help her cross over and, and leave us alone and stop messing things around but there's another part uh, of when people cross over easily and happily and I wasn't really raised by my parents. I was raised by a neighbor who was, she, um, her, ha her house fell down and she was homeless. And my grandmother, this, this one who got attached to us, um, told her to uh, go live with them. So she went home to sleep to my parents' home, but she, she used to have her own space and little area where she used to um, live and cook and all those things. And I was all the time with her. When she was um, much elder and she couldn't fend for themselves, she went to a nursing home. And she stood there for almost 10 years. And when she was going to die, um, she was a person who was really, really afraid of the process of death. So she has been a Catholic her whole life, but she didn't have a very deep understanding of what death was about and the afterlife. So what happened was she was dying. So she had, she had a long agony for days. When she was dying, um, I was there with her. But when I couldn't be there, there was a nun. And the nun used to sit by her side and, and pray with a rosary. So this woman had no idea what is goes going on. She knew she was dying, but nobody could talk to her or explain her what is going to happen. So she was extremely afraid of that. And because Christians had this idea of um, the hell... She was really, really afraid of what was going to happen to her soul. So I'm a Buddhist, and the practice Buddhist, the, the Buddhist practice of death is absolutely different. So you do have an explanation of the different astral planes. So the thing is, um, 
I helped her cross over by calling upon the um, Medicine Buddha. So the Medicine Buddha, he helps you cr pass through the positive astral planes of death. So when you uh, release the body, you go through a process of analyzing your life and you go through different astral planes. The thing is, if you're dying in a state of fear, because of that vibration of fear, you're going to go through the... Um, it's not bad, even though we're going to say negative, but it's not that it's bad. It's just an experience. But you go through the negative side of it. So you experience fear and you remember all the things you've done wrong and it's not a pleasant experience. But the medicine Buddha helps you to die feeling at peace and at ease. So you go through the positive astral planes. So you go through this energy of love and peace. So that's what I did. I called upon the medicine Buddha and... She suddenly relaxed. You could tell something happened because you could see her relaxed and happy. So um, I asked her, please let me be with you when you cross, when you pass away. I want to be with you. But she didn't want to make me suffer. So I remember the next day this happened, grabbing my car keys to go there to be with her. And right at that moment, I received a call from the nursing home telling me she has just died. So... Uh, it was a very um, um, emotional process for me. I couldn't be there, right? So what happened was that then, uh, after she died, I went there and I went to visit her. And I remember her as a very big woman, but she was tiny. She had a very little body. So I saw her in that little box, that little body. And it shocked me because I remember her as being very big. So... I was there with her, and at this, it was a very emotional moment for me. And at the same time, I realized that in her hand, she had a little rosary made of plastic that was very low quality, one of those who um, shine in the dark. <laughs> and she had a very, very good rosary that she was very attached to because it belonged to her mom. But they didn't want to bury her with that rosary. So instead, they gave her that really crappy one. And I, it pissed me off so much. I was, all the emotions were flowing. I was really angry. And I started saying, oh, how dare they use this crappy thing that is made of plastic instead of a really good thing. And oh my God, it was, I was really, really angry. And suddenly I saw an image, like it was exactly her, her real body, but a little bit transparent. And I was looking at her hands and I see this image that it looked exactly like her hands, but it's a little bit transparent moving and like moving a finger. And I, I freaked out. I jumped back. I uh, like I really, really went back a few steps because I was afraid like, what the <laughs> what shit is this? <laughs> What's going on? And she used to have this thing when she used to blink an eye of me uh, at me a lot when I was growing up. And it was like uh, or, or a little salute between each other she used to blink an eye and suddenly I look at her face and I see exactly the same this image that look exactly like herself but a little bit transparent and like um, two centimeters over her body and she blank blink an eye at me and there I lost it I started crying I started yelling like why did you leave me I miss you so much now you're me leaving me alone it was very, very emotional, and I started feeling really bad, crying a lot. And suddenly, I feel this huge ball of light 
coming from my back and surrounding me. And like an instant, I felt at peace. And it was really, really huge, like a big, big ball of energy. And it was like rainbowish and sparkly, really beautiful. It was really awesome. I've never felt that good in my whole life. And I realized it was her. It was her coming to me. So I couldn't feel sad. She didn't like me being sad and she didn't want me to have... Oh, it was very beautiful. She didn't like me being sad. And that's what they can do when they cross over those first days. They can feel everything you feel, everything you think. They know it. And they can. They have the ability to manipulate your energy a little bit. So that's what she did each time in three days. I was sad. She used to come like the same feeling, like this big ball of rainbowish energy coming back from my back and surrounding me and she didn't allow me not for once to feel sad she she just changed my emotions like that and I didn't I couldn't cry I couldn't do anything because each time she felt me sad she came and helped me feel better and when uh, when she was going to um, get buried I remember that I we it was a very dark day cloudy really um, the snowy almost we came out of the church and I look at the sky and I see a huge rainbow over the church. And that's how she said goodbye to me. And, oh, it makes me very emotional. It was a very, very beautiful experience. And um, most people don't know that um, when somebody passes away, they can still have a contact. It's amazing, you know, you say that when... Um you know, when, when we cross over, um, we tend to, spirit tends to go back to a time when they were young and vibrant and vivacious. And uh, I'm, I'm going to end on a funny story here about my grandmother. And it's funny. <laughs> so I can't, my grandmother, when she comes, she's always like yours full of energy love and light and and it's just and she comes very youthful and she always she's always in her pink and white flower top i i she never changes her shirt it's the same one that she wears and i do remember this blouse from when i was little and stuff and and her beautiful uh, curly hair and there was this one time Oh my gosh, she, she wanted to show me how youthful, how she was again. And she, she showed me herself naked, shaking her boobs at me. <laughs> As I say, I got it again. <laughs> oh my God, I died laughing. I died laughing. And I'll never forget this image as long as I live. I'm like, okay, Nan, okay. Yeah, that's there's something most people don't know that, that when you when you cross over, they usually if they are in a good happy state, they they show themselves as they were when they were much younger, like the moment they felt better during their lifetime. So you can see them much younger or how they used to look, and it's funny because most people don't know that, and you can see them when you're feeling good and come back, and you see them like ten years younger or like when they were. Um, looking fabulous, <laughs> looking much happier. And because we we do think that they tend to be very scary because of the movies. And 
most people don't know this, but the, the, the movie directors, they go to psychics who have these experiences like we had, and they gather information from there. But they don't show you the light side and the light, the, the side of happiness and joyfulness that also accompanies the soul. And it's, it's funny how we tend to be scared of those things because of the movies showing us only the, 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 the side that is scary, but they never show us the funny and happiness and, and the joyfulness that many, many times Happens. Yeah, I know. It's 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 well because it doesn't cater to social media. It doesn't cater to society. So society, the people who do love scary movies or whatnot, want to see scary stuff, you know. But but in real essence, the other side is really not that scary at all. It's, you know, especially that vision of me coming down over the stairs to greet my grandmother, and she's folding she's folding up clothes and turns around and starts flashing her ta tatties at me. So, you know, it's so... <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not that scary. <laughs> so, in all perspective, I mean, you know, in like everything in the universe, there's good, there's bad. We, and that's balance. That's the yin and yang of it. We're going to have both of it, whether we like it or not human experiences we're going to have good experiences we're going to have bad experience we're going to have good ghosts we're going to have bad ghosts it's all it's it's all there and had a if uh we should also mention to our listeners if they have a scary ghost story or any ghost story at all whether it's good or whether it's a negative experience share with us let us know um you can share it on our facebook page because we now have a facebook page called who knit ya and uh, come find us and share like our page and share us your stories um anything else yeah i want to ask you something because i'm very very curious and i think <laughs> it's a good time for you to share like what does Hunitya comes from and what does it mean? Um, because it's, I think it's something that it's very funny to know and very interesting thing to know. Hunitya <laughs> is a slang from where I'm from. I'm from Newfoundland, Canada. And in Newfoundland, we have a lot of slang words, uh, phrases. And if someone asks you, Hunitya, that means... Who owns you? Who who do you belong to? You know, so I thought it was great fitting for our show because who knit you? Well, in essence, the universe, source, God created us. If, if someone wants to say, where'd you come from? Um, but in Newfoundland, it's actually a funny phrase because as children, uh, I'm sure you know, most children love to dress and put on clothes that no mother or father would let them go out the door looking like right you know odd socks odd pants hair everywhere you know you you do look like you have not been taken care of so anybody who would see you down the road or at a shop or any they would say my god who knit you who takes care of you? who owns you <laughs> so you got a part of me in the slang and a part of you who, who you knit, you create. And I thought it, I that do. is just <laughs> such a perfect word for our show. Yeah, for our, sh our show, our podcast. So that's where it came from. And uh, the the day uh, we, we were uh, trying to decide on what to call the show, 
was when I saw you in a very unusual image, and that was what came up in my head. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Because you haven't seen me on my best. I don't think so, but you for sure have seen me on my worst. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And, and, and listeners, if you know, you probably don't have a clue what we're talking about, but she sent me a picture of herself in the bathroom uh, while we were discussing. <laughs> While, while we were discussing the name of the show. So there you go. That was my first thing that popped in my, my head. Who owns you, Anheta? Who owns you? The universe. <laughs> the universe, exactly. Well, it's been great. It's been great. I love this. And expect more podcasts from us. And I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> <laughs>